I was just saying. I don't care about your opinion. I just well, I'll tell you what I think. What's that you're saying? Would you just listen? I don't think so. Remember, ladies, one must not get one's knickers in a twist. I just... Please listen. Shh. I'm trying to help you. Listen. I don't think so. Excuse me. Well, I don't care. I don't care. Listen. Shut up and listen. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Listen with me, Heather Matarazzo, and I hope that everybody is enjoying their summer so far. It is hot as balls in Los Angeles, and I am a hermit, and I never leave my house, so there's that, but we already know that. Um, and I don't have a beach body, but I really don't give a fuck about that either. Be who you are. Embrace your body, you know, um, and your thighs especially. Um, so on to more important things, <laughs> um, the, the guest that I have with me today is somebody that I met through a mutual friend and her husband, um, tattooed my back and, uh, I like was just thinking about how normally when it's, you know, a couple and it's like, oh, this is like the wife of famous XXX, you know, so I will say that, um, he is the husband of Kelly, who is my guest. I don't know if any of that made fucking sense. Um, you know, um, but Kelly and, um, Tokyo Hero are are both just fucking badass, badass individuals. But I, I wanted Kelly on because she does the Lord's work. She does the Lord's work in this regard. Um, She rescues animals and she is a saint. And, you know, I've been following her Instagram and seeing what she does on a regular basis. And she works with Vanderpump um, Dogs Foundation. And she essentially just rescues animals from horrific conditions and finds them homes and she fosters them. And I'm so grateful that, um, she is alive on this planet, you know, doing what she does. And so, hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God. Thanks for so honored to be here. Dude. Thank you. Dude. Thank you. (laughs) I'm excited and I'm very nervous, so forgive me, guys, whoever's listening. I have no idea what I'm doing. Dude, I mean, I don't know what I'm doing either. Do, <laughs> does anybody know what they're really fucking doing No, probably anymore? not, no. Especially, yep. especially this year. Totally, totally. We're all just yeah. doing the best we can. No, totally. We're trying to survive what's currently happening. Yes. Totally. That, yep. that, how are you surviving? I know. I'm, I'm getting by. Thankful for the animals, because other than that, I would give up on humans. Yes. Totally. I, I mean, I've already given up on humans. No, pretty much. Yeah, I feel like I do on a daily basis for sure. But there are a few good ones like yourself out there who do advocate for the right thing without even knowing that you've been using your platform has already introduced kind of what I do to your own network of people that may not know. So I'm, I appreciate people like you who do that. Well, I mean, I look at it this way. Oh, my God. And Nenea looking at me specifically. And Nenea is, Nenea is my dog. Um, who 
and tag along. <laughs> um, tag along who's just totally chill, was chill and not chill anymore. Um, who is our co-host, who's my co-host always. And she's been really good about being quiet, which is nice. Um, you know, and I know that like, it's that you rescue dogs. Mm-hmm. And I know there's that cliched saying of like dogs rescue people. For sure. A thousand percent day in and day out. I feel like they rescue me. I mean, it's definitely hard to see some of the situation that, that we go into, but at the end of the day, like when I'm just like sitting on my couch after like a really bad day, like covered in blood, I just like literally walk in and just look and just see that they're like safe. They're sleeping soundly they're, They've just eaten a full meal. And like, that's enough for me to just be rejuvenated and just go into the next day, regardless of what I had seen earlier in the day. And how long have you been doing this and what inspired you to do it? Honestly, I, I feel like I've been rescuing since I was like a really little, a little girl. And most of the, the one thing that really kind of brought me into rescue was when I was about seven or eight years old, my parents wanted to get us a dog. Um, and my mom, you know, growing up as well was rescuing dogs. She grew up on a farm and they took us to a humane society back east outside of Boston is where I grew up. And we adopted not just one dog, but we took home two. And they were both dogs that were considered at risk. One was a pit bull. One was a Great Dane. The Great Dane was about 150 pounds. So he was set to be put to sleep because of his size and that they were told he wasn't good with children. So, of course, my mom was a little bit like, well, maybe he will be good with children if we just give him a chance. Because he was still kind of a puppy, to be honest with you. He was about eight months. Um, So we took him home. And literally, I remember on that drive home, like, sitting in the backseat of my mom's car, like, terrified. Like, he, like, stood up. His name was Duke. He, like, stood up and he, like, put his face near mine. And I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm going to get bit. I'm going to get bit. And he literally just gave me the most gentle of kisses. And I will never forget that moment for the rest of my life. I just felt like he knew he got saved. He knew we were good people and that we did something good. So that memory just has been ingrained in my memory forever. Wow. Yeah. So it was definitely, I I think, my parents for instilling this in me. I started kind of working more, like, professionally in rescue when I was in my college years. I was really studying to want to go into music and, and be a tour manager and do the whole music thing, which I did do. But in between tours, I found myself volunteering at the local MSPCA, where I learned kind of basic nursing techniques and was really kind of my first time being exposed to the shitty things that people do do to animals and how we were a place that they would come to for safety so through working there I became licensed as a technician to like help more hands-on with the critical cases so it was like maybe late teens early 20s is when I really kind of started to dive in and how do you how do you do it like how because the the things that I see you post I I a I'm in shock mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all like you just recently had posted about an Alaskan Husky mm-hmm. who, um, they nicknamed bear. Yeah. He's still and, there. Mm-hmm. And bear is yeah. this gorgeous, gorgeous Husky that's seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. And the first two times that Kelly went to see him, he didn't move from his spot. Mm-hmm. And the third time that she went, he had moved spots mm-hmm. and his eyes were open. And, um, I, I, I don't know how somebody has the capacity and capability mm-hmm. of getting to see the things that you see mm-hmm. on a daily basis in terms of the uh, atrocious 
behaviors of humans mm -hmm. um, regarding their treatment of mm -hmm. animals aside from just destroying your liver through drinking. Mm -hmm. Totally. <laughs> I know. I'm surprised I'm not a complete alcoholic at this moment, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. I just feel like obviously every single day I wake up and it's not necessarily something that I feel like I want to do. I feel like I have to do it because there literally is nobody else in this area that really just goes into the shelters every day is visits with the dogs. There's a lot of people like on the internet that are like networking and like posting photos and sharing, which is huge. I know recently LA County just did a study that 97% of people walking into a city shelter are there because they saw a post on Instagram or Facebook. So I know that part's really important. But just going in there, trying to learn more about their story, visiting them, I feel like that's really giving me the opportunity to figure out like what their personalities are really like and like what type of rescue or home they would be best in. So like Bear is still there. He came in as a quote unquote stray. Um, he did have a microchip. So I'm thinking what his story was is somebody just dumped him somewhere because when you do own or surrender a dog into the shelter, you are legally liable to pay the shelter. It's usually about... 50 to $150 fee for them to take on the care of your dog and put it towards like medical if they need medical and just, you know, put it towards like the marketing quote unquote of the dog to find him a home. They have been calling the owner and they just haven't been calling them back, which sucks about that whole process is once a dog hits a shelter, they're not made automatically available for adoption. And me as a rescuer, I can't just go in and take him. He has to stay in the shelter for at least seven to 10 days to allow their owners to come back and reclaim them. Regardless of the state they came in, there are no laws right now that basically obstruct an owner who did a shitty thing from coming back in and reclaiming the dog if they want them. And that's kind of the big my, – my main thing with the current legislation and what's happening in the White House is there is literally nobody who cares about the animals. So literally nothing's going to change unless people like myself and my other rescue partners and networkers really get aggressive and vocal about it. So that's a big part of why I post so much of what I do. And I always say, like, I know I'm going to lose followers. And I do. Every post I lose about 5 to 10 followers. But at least – the image of what's really happening has been left ingrained in their head, so maybe they'll think twice about buying a dog or going to a puppy mill, that sort of thing, and maybe that'll inspire them to come into the shelter and adopt. Yeah. It's like a vicious cycle. Yeah, I yeah. feel like, didn't L.A., though, just pass something where um, uh, you can no longer buy a dog from a store yes. you have to it it has to come from a shelter that's correct yeah so right now la and san francisco are one of the two cities and actually the entire state of massachusetts as well right now if you are a puppy store you can only get dogs from rescue-based situations whether that's busting a puppy mill rescue and rehabbing the dogs but with that law came a lot of new sketchy ways that people are now getting around that law like in downtown los angeles in particular just about a month ago we busted out 145 illegally operating puppy mills <gasps> that were saying that they were a 501c3 nonprofit or saying that these dogs are coming from rescue based institutions when really they were just overbreeding these dogs in their own little studio based apartments and then selling them into fake rescues there's been a few around the city of LA that have been kind of they've gone in with like CNN or like an undercover news segment was just at one in particular on Fairfax where the woman had been telling her followers that, you know, these dogs are coming from rescue-based situations. But a lot of people like me kind of questioned, like, where are you getting this amount of purebred puppies 
from a rescue situation because I work on a disaster relief team. So usually we're the first ones that are called in regards to investigating sketchy situations as far as puppy mills and animal abuse. And I remember just thinking, like, I've never seen this story. Like, so people started to look into it more, and it, it turns out that they were just sourcing puppies locally out of studio apartments and homes all around the city. So there, people are still kind of getting around that, and there's a lot, a big spring up of, like, dot-com breeders, where now, instead of going into a store, you can go to, like, FrenchBullies.net, and you can buy a dog in Missouri, and they literally ship it to you. Some will require you pick up the dog at LAX. Others have, like, these paid transporters that will pick up the dog at the airport, bathe the piss and shit off of them, <gasps> and deliver it to your house, which is becoming a whole new problem because these dogs are coming in very, very sick. And there's a lot, like, if you just Google, like, puppy mill disasters of people that have bought dogs, like, hundreds of thousands of dogs are dying every day from community-born illnesses that aren't being treated. In fact, they're being covered up, shipped out to make that financial profit. It's like a huge vicious cycle in that we get a lot of people like it's me in particular as a rescue of people that like I want like a French bulldog. I want an English bulldog and like there's no you can't find them anywhere. And I'm like, oh, no, trust me, give me five minutes and I'll find about 100 in local shelters that not only we can get for you, but if they're across the United States, we have a team of transporters that will transport the dog out to us. We'll get it vetted. We'll have them treated if there's any medical issues. Like, people just think that buying a dog is a guarantee of it's healthy, it's the breed I want, and nothing could go wrong when, in fact, they're signing up for the exact opposite. It's terrifying what's happening. And we're seeing it daily, every single day. I mean, th- this is this is the only thing I can think of. Um, you know, I... I um, was adopted when I was five and I was put into foster care when I was two. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've, I've loved dogs. My, my, I've loved animals my whole entire life. And I didn't have my first dog until I was 20. Henry, um, love of my life. And I know he was so fucking handsome and eyebrows, Mm. little white face, fucking cute. (laughs) Um, and you know, I, I identify more with animals than I do with humans. And when Mm -hmm. I hear you talking about, you know, the conditions, Mm -hmm. um, that these dogs are in Mm -hmm. and whatnot, like it really does. I, I don't, think that there's that big of a a difference between the foster care system Mm -hmm. when it comes to children and, um, you know, animals. And even though like we don't quote unquote euthanize children, um, they do age out of the system. And once they age out, there's, you're on your own. Um, it's terrifying. Yeah. And 50% of those that age out of the foster care system end up homeless on the streets, um, and of wow. that 50%, 50% have mental health issues. Um, and, wow. and yeah, I'm just thinking, you know, getting to know somebody's story and mm-hmm. ba ba and, you know, they're unfit for adoption for whatever fucking reason. And wow, they actually label humans no, as if that, no, 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 no. Like they label dogs that, oh, but, totally. in, but in terms of, but in terms of kids, right. You know, it, it's a majority of them will end up, you know, in foster home after foster home or group home, or they end up being runaways mm-hmm. or they end up getting, 
um, sold into sex slavery <laughs> and uh, it's it's atrocious and it's absolutely horrible but I, I I've always seen you know the connection between the two you know and even in um you look at like pit bulls get like such a bad rap oh completely mm-hmm. and I personally yep. think that it is uh racist mm-hmm. and bigoted yep and 100 percent because Henry was, he was a yellow lab pit bull mix. They're the sweetest. Like the sweetest, mm-hmm. kindest, most gentle, giant 100%. soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, and most people don't understand that pit bulls were considered the nanny dog. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they were also the dog that um, was used by the American forces during World War Two. Yes. Yep. You mm-hmm. know, as yep. they were... They were the dog. They were mm-hmm. the dog. And somewhere along the way, there was a change in perception in regards right. to pit bulls. Right. Mm-hmm. And that most dogs that actually um, attack, mm-hmm. you know, A, are small dogs. Right. And B, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like most individuals don't recognize that animals are intelligent emotional creatures right and i believe to a large degree much smarter um and much more evolved mm-hmm. than human beings because mm-hmm. their capacity for forgiveness their capacity to mm-hmm. transform Unbelievable. from who they were mm-hmm. to who Absolutely. they are and i see that in your posts right on right. a regular basis right you know getting to hear the story mm-hmm. of where they've come from whether it is you know, having, I remember seeing one pretty recently, that dog that had his paws wrapped around oh, in wire, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, yep. and had the chain around his neck. And it was embedded because it, it had been there for so long. And he was just a puppy. Like just a puppy. Right. And getting to see right. where he is now. Mm-hmm. And Petey was his name. Petey has since been adopted to an amazing <sighs> family in LA. It's unbelievable. Like I got a call um, from a friend of mine in particular, just through like the power of social media. She's also like a rescue networker and she visits her local shelters. And she had seen that somebody posted an ad on Craigslist for free puppy to good home digs too much. And the photo that she sent that was attached to this public advertisement, I looked and I was like, I remember talking to my husband and being like, oh my God, Hero, can you look at this? Can you zoom in? I think this dog has its legs tied together. And sure enough, I actually, I texted the phone number and I said, you know, I, I saw that you guys are looking to rehome your dog. Like, what's the situation? And the, the, it was a woman started to engage with me and I was like, hey, I noticed this, are his legs tied? And her response was, yeah, the family that I'm helping to find the home for. So she wasn't taking ownership of the dog, had to, t- had to tie his legs together so he wouldn't dig in the garden. And I was like, literally, give me one hour, give me an address, and we will be there. So one of the foundations that I I like to work with and like to help out, they're called the Animal Hope and Wellness Foundation. They're based in Sherman Oaks. Um, They have a facility. They're basically founded on the concept of advocating for and rescuing dogs from the overseas in China and Korea dog and cat meat trade. But Mark Ching, who is the founder of the organization's heart is in all dogs, no matter what continent they may be on, that need help. 
he'll rush right in and get. So Mark has been somebody that I've relied on personally that when there's a 911 situation at the time, I was about two and a half hours away. I texted Mark and without any questions, he's like, send me the address. I'm going to grab him. Um, so the unfortunate part of the situation was we got a lot of run around on like whose dog it really was. They wouldn't give us a specific address on the home where the dog was living. Um, basically a, a quote unquote rescuer had said, you know, I'll meet you at a seven 11, but I'm not giving you guys the owner's information that shouldn't matter. You need to just get the dog. <sighs> when we, we agree with that. Like we do want the dog in our care and we do want to take care of this dog, but also a part of what we believe in is we need to make sure these humans can't ever get their hands on a dog ever again absolutely and so we were a little bit there was a concern because it was somebody that is a quote-unquote rescuer that was involved in this transaction that just would was not for foregoing with the information and she's actually gone as far as to since block myself block out the foundation that was helping and basically refused to even report any animal crimes or abuse to us because she felt that the people who are involved in it shouldn't be punishable because we need to understand that the humans might have something going in their lives where I'm more or less like, I don't fucking care what's going on in your life. You tied a puppy up in the backyard and left the pinch collar so tightly in its neck that it, over time the skin became embedded. Like that's just, and the rope was all embedded. Like the, the photos that I got from Mark after the dog was seen by the vet, like they cut the rope out and like, there's like a pure, like hair loss and like open wound on this dog's leg that will heal over time, but likely will have the reminder of just hair loss for the rest of his life in that area. And that dog literally was wagging and kissing the entire portion of the rescue as if he didn't even realize like how bad of a situation he was coming from, or he realized that we were there to help. I think it's probably, I think it's totally the latter. I, you know, I was, um, Yeah, it's hard to collect your thoughts around stuff like that. It's it's so it's it's so difficult, mm-hmm. you know. And I I hope that you know people um, as as uncomfortable as this conversation is, mm-hmm. it's really really important, you know. And I'm talking to my listeners, you know, it's really important to hear the truth about what's going on, you know, and that. A, I don't trust anybody that doesn't mm-hmm. like animals. For sure, 100%. Unless, yep. unless there is a specific reason mm-hmm. in terms of they had been attacked when they were younger right. or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But anybody that has like a natural dislike for animals, mm-hmm. I... There's no connect. There's none. There's a, absolutely right. no connect mm-hmm. and um you know where i lived before there would be um a lot of dogs that would just be outside all the time Oof. you know like and uh, i yep. always carried a lead with me in my car right um yep. just in case i saw a dog running around mm-hmm. oh and this is really important you guys especially because we're coming up to July 4th weekend, mm, which yes. is a, in an insane time for the shelters. So especially if you live in Los Angeles, you're a mm-hmm. local listener in Los Angeles, I implore you, you know, the shelters are already overrun, but mm-hmm. 
from now until like probably the week after Mm -hmm. July 4th where people are, you know, shooting off fireworks and acting like complete asshats, Mm -hmm. you know, dogs that don't leave your dog outside, right? you know, um, keep them inside. And if you have room, you know, foster a dog for a couple of days Mm -hmm. because when it gets overcrowded, at least from what I've been told from other rescuers, right. you know, um, the, they end up, and I don't, they end up getting killed. Right. I'm not going to say euthanized. <sighs> yep. Um, they end up getting killed. It's literally happening in, in Los Angeles and Orange County. Euthanasia is happening every single day. Um, it's not breed specific. It's not temperament specific. It's not, even if you're a cute, like purebred puppy that just came in, if there's no space. Hold on one second. Tag along. Sit. Tag along. Uh Uh-oh. It's, it's to that time. Is it about, is it about, yeah, it is. I was going to be like, is it about four o'clock? Yes, it is. It's the outside time, huh? It's that, it's that. Oh my God. It's Uh, evening. (laughs) Um. Hold on one second. Tagalong. Tagalong's got a lot to say about this subject, apparently. Uh, But I'll continue. Like, as I was saying... um, Euthanasia in, in killing is, is not breed specific. It's certainly not age specific. It is not, you're not out of the, the rule. If you're like a cute purebred puppy that may supposedly have a bunch of people online saying that they want it, if they don't have space and they need your kennel space, you're going to be euthanized. Um, last year, the number was about, and it's, it's a little hard to say the exact amount of numbers that of dogs and cats that are killed in the shelters, but this year already we're soaring over 6 million, and in Los Angeles alone, the number is soaring over 3 million. Okay, so I just want to pause for a second, and I want that to sink in mm-hmm. for everybody listening, not 300,000 not 3,000, not 30,000, 3 million, Mm -hmm. 3 million. Just think about that. Mm -hmm. Just think about that. Los Angeles alone, thousands, literally thousands are being killed. And uh, there's a lot of factors that are to blame and it all comes back to humans. Um, it's the negligence that's happening within the actual shelters themselves. A big misconception about animal shelters is that the city hires people who love animals. It's not the truth. The city gives the smallest budget in the world to animal shelters. Like if to, for example, in orange County, OC animal care center, they're responsible for the care of over 15 zip codes in like local cities in the area. And their budget per year is only enough to keep the electricity on for one day so just imagine what that means for the people that they're hiring I always hate to say it but it's the people who are desperate for any type of job whether it's paying seven eight nine dollars an hour it's not survivable but it's attracting that sort of kind of crowd versus private foundations and private rescues have a little bit more of an important 
placement as far as we want to pay what needs to be paid for somebody with the experience in animals and who genuinely love animals. Unfortunately, not a single city shelter, aside from Downey and Carson, have people who are either veterinarians or certified registered veterinary technicians working within their shelter that know about animal health, that know about animal behavior. The front office staff oftentimes don't even know what's in their population. The only people who have accurate information on what's in their quote-unquote inventory are people like me and the other big network of rescuers that come into the shelters to get to know the animals. And that's why like that part of it is not a paid job. I don't get paid to do it. I spend a lot of my time doing it and I'm lucky to have the time to do that, but it's the most important factor in rescue because we can honestly gauge what each and every dog may require, how their behavior is, if they have health issues. And the shelter system relies on us to flag them on, like, this dog might be developing pneumonia. This dog's got post-nasal drip. This dog seems like he might be a little bit aggressive. Like, can we get him into a play group? It's all 100% on non-paid people to get all of this work done. Um, the city of LA, and I wish I could remember the name of the organization currently at Downey and Carson animal care center, um, have volunteers that are starting what they call play groups. And this is literally run by people who just take the time out of their day to come down for free where they've designated small, like field fenced in areas to allow the dogs to play and interact with each other. And I was told by a woman named Desi, who is one of the most, selfless, beautiful heart people I've ever met. She's an older, middle-aged woman. She has a family. She has kids. She just really loves dogs. She started this program at Downey Animal Care Center where the dogs just interact and play with each other. And just because of that, now I'm seeing on social media at least two to three pit bulls are being adopted per day out of that facility and their kill number has dropped greatly all because volunteers saw like as long as we can show the public that these dogs are playful and lovable and not what the shelter staff at the front office may be saying they have a better chance and it's true it's the people who aren't being paid that are really getting these dogs to be moved out social media if it wasn't for social media i couldn't even tell you where we would be right now it's so important to just use your platform, no matter how big or small it may be. If you can infect one person with the information, it may cause somebody to go out and adopt or just volunteer. It's so, so needed because the state and the government literally could care less. And what, so what actions, you know, in that regard, and I, I literally can hear to like a certain degree, people Mm -hmm. being like, why are we going to give a fuck about animals? Like, Mm -hmm. The people, blah, blah, like the government doesn't care about the people, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Yes, which is also very fucking true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, however, again, like I really do think of animals like children where it's, you know, they are incredibly fucking vulnerable mm-hmm. and they are so unconditionally loving. And um, I mean, uh I hope at least one person goes and either becomes a foster or adopts an animal, you know, Mm -hmm. cat, dog, you know, after this podcast, Um, you know, but what can people do in regards to the government legislature, you know, Mm -hmm. um, calling their local reps, state reps, you know, it, it literally is the power is within the city always. And the power is always in numbers. So the more people that we see being more vocal about, you know, obviously not, not liking the kill rates or just not agreeing with conditions, 
if you just literally write a quick little email to your local city reps, the chances of them getting back to you is slim to none, but they have to process and they have to read every single email. For example, there was a pretty big um, problem that was happening at a local shelter down in Orange County. Um, and I'll leave their name out of this because I do want to at least give them respect that they did get much better after this situation happened. But I had been in there. I went into it like two or three times and I literally left in tears because they had hoses literally to like wash down the facility inside of the animals cages while the animals were inside it power washing down the kennels so like piss and shit being thrown in their face like hard hard hoses like moving their bodies obviously scaring the crap out of them um i noticed that a lot of them it was about maybe two o'clock in the afternoon and it was winter time so it wasn't hot every single one didn't have a bed they didn't have toys they didn't have blankets and all of their kennels were just loaded with pee and poo so I like took it upon myself to, even though I was asked not to, I went live on Facebook from there and I wanted to show people and expose the shelter for what they were doing. And the three young ladies that were working in the office were just kind of like looking at their nails like, well, what do you want us to do? We're only paid to do reception. We don't care for the animals. Like as far as like not saying that they don't care about the animals, but we're, it's not in our job title to go out and pick up poop. So what do you want us to do? See if you can find more volunteers for us. So I went on Facebook Live and it got, I think it got, that post in particular got reposted about 500 times to the point where it wasn't just my actions, it was other people that were commenting like, oh, I, I emailed the city or I called so-and-so and it was enough people that now I can actually confidently say that the city now has a spotlight on that shelter and since I've gone back, it's very clean. Uh, if a dog goes to the bathroom in the kennel, they send somebody to go right on it. So I, I don't know exactly what they did, but I feel like they either paid for more people to be on site or more volunteers came through the woodwork to help out. But like power in numbers, use your platform, use your voice, whether it's just you using your, your Instagram or your Facebook or actually making the extra effort to call into your local city, go into your city hall, call them, email them incessantly, nonstop until you actually start to see a change. And what, and, and is there anything, uh, is there anything else? Cause I remember I, I had like recently posted, you know, in a perfect world, all dogs would be free and the GOP would be at, you know, in kennels, mm -hmm. um, you know, being mm -hmm. deemed unfit. Yep. Um, like just unfit mm -hmm. and, uh, I know that, like, especially Los Angeles, there's, mm -hmm. like, a fuck ton, you know, of problems mm -hmm. in in so many different areas mm -hmm. regarding, like, veterans and the homeless crisis and whatnot mm -hmm. and just the, the entitlement and privilege and just mm -hmm. inhumanity. Right. Um, and, you know, one thing that I've always thought you know, I'm much more inclined to, I remember I was driving not too long ago, maybe about within like the last two months, and there was a woman who was homeless, and the LA homeless, it's it's insane. Mm -hmm. It's insane here in Los Angeles. Um, there's a huge, huge housing crisis, mm -hmm. and it's disgusting mm -hmm. that nobody's doing anything about it, mm -hmm. um, because there's there's thousands of acres and empty lots and there's thousands of opportunities with which to get individuals, um, care. But I, mm -hmm. I, I remember 
I had seen this woman and she had a dog with her Mm. and Mm -hmm. I stopped the car at the red light and I rolled down my window and I was like, what do you need? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you need? Right. I I don't have money, but I can get you some stuff. It's amazing. And uh, drove to the store, got my stuff, got her stuff, got her dog's stuff, Mm. you know? And then I was like, I'll be back. Stay here. Mm -hmm. And then I gave her the groceries, got the dog food, got the dog treats, got like whatever Mm -hmm. the fuck, you know, um, because I feel like (sighs) there is something to be said about um, whether it is pairing up vets with animals and helping them through PTSD. Yep. You know, Mm -hmm. um, individuals that are homeless that are looking Mm -hmm. to make the transition right now i i feel like that it it, it, it's so incredibly important and i see Mm -hmm. a difference between right you know um homeless individuals Mm -hmm. that don't have animals versus homeless individuals that do do oh a hundred percent and i've actually it's funny that you bring that up because i've just been seeing recently a huge pop-up of a need for volunteers for foundations and just groups of people who literally every weekend on los angeles and skid row and nkla which is nokilllosangeles.org you can visit them they're an amazing website that is just very informative they're very on board with helping all rescues kind of bring everybody together as a community veterinarians um, vet technicians like myself and just everyday people team up with a mobile van and we help spay and neuter all of the homeless populations dogs we help get them food we help get them all treated and medicated and on board with that we've attracted a lot of attention of people who have been wanting to help on the human side so on any given weekend we'll be down here doing spays neuters vaccinations we'll be doing free checkups there'll also be other people with cars and trucks full of food and clothing to just help everybody out all together because the answer isn't taking the dogs away from the people because they don't have income it's trying to come together as a community to say hey like where can we get donations maybe if we all pull together like three or four dollars we can get a dog fed for over a year and that's a very true factual amount of money three dollars will feed one dog of a homeless person for an entire year because that three dollars will go towards uh, a company that's willing to truck us in an entire lot of food. Yeah. Um, so there is a lot of help, and, and that's another problem. In the, and when you bring your dog into a shelter, one of the most common reasons that people are dumping animals is we can no longer afford them. The shelter is not educated to say, hey, actually, if you reach out to so-and-so or to this organization, they can get your dog spayed, neutered, we can get you seen by a vet, and we can get you guys food taken care of for at least a couple of years, so that way you don't have to dump your animal at the shelter and do you go to shelters with this information yes. and is it that they just choose to not provide it because they don't give a fuck i i've seen it i've seen it because they don't give a fuck and here's like another mind-blowing fact that's really gonna break everybody's heart but they sometimes make more money off of the animals being dead than adopting them out. For example, um, about a month ago, myself and my husband were at the local animal shelter and I was just checking on all of the new intakes and all the new strays. 
trying to get pictures, trying to get videos so I can start to upload it to see if I can get either other rescues to take them or I could watch them for myself to take them into my care. And uh, there was one dog in particular. He was a 15-year-old chihuahua, which I knew right out the gate, like, okay, he's on a stray hold. The second he comes available, they're going to put him to sleep. He was a larger chihuahua. He's about 10 to 15 pounds. And the reason why the shelter, I had gone into the office and I was, but when is this dog available for adoption? They're like, oh, he won't be available for adoption. I'm like, okay, well, tell me why. And they're like, well, he might have behavioral and he seems really sick. So it would be a liability for us to give the dog to anybody. So he's going to be set for euthanasia the day he's made available. Bullshit. Right. So I was kind of like, we left the shelter and my husband was super upset and he's like, God, I really want this dog. The dog's name is Tiki. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to look into this a little bit more. There's got to be more behind it. And through my own research, I found a ton of information on how major manufacturers and major companies are actually paying the shelters hundreds of thousands of dollars for the barrels of the deceased and dead bodies, which go to these facilities that are called rendering plants. And what rendering plants do is, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, they melt down the, the bodies into liquid form, and that goes towards cosmetics it goes into gelatin sources and food that we eat it goes into um, cleaning products it goes into testing labs they use this liquefied material which the fda used to regulate it a little bit more heavily it used to only be cows sheep and animals that we per se i guess we some people eat it is now non after trump yeah after trump he deregulated yep it's deregulated so now literally if something on the label says gelatin and it doesn't say fruit pectin source the chances of you eating a homeless pet is very high and it's just the fact these corporations are paying the shelters tons of money because they say okay the typical adoption fee in LA is anywhere from about $50 to maybe 200 for some reason the dog in particular that we had our eye on they said if he were available he would only be available to rescue but his fees were still around about 275 because we'll have to neuter him the shelter is going to need to vaccinate him because a state law does say an animal cannot leave the shelter unless it's spayed neutered and vaccinated, which I back, but I also feel like they jack up the prices on certain dogs because they literally will make more if he's just a body in a barrel versus a body in a loving home. I mean, that just sounds like the healthcare system totally right now for yep. humans in regards mm-hmm. to where we're going. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I actually, I mean, it, I, I feel detached from my body right now mm-hmm. after hearing that. Um, mm-hmm. It's sad. It's, it's a heartbreaking reality. And I literally, I cry every day, literally every day I come home, ask my husband, I'm a disaster, but I have to pull it together every day and just go back in and just try to fight back. I'm like, please tell me you at least smoke weed. I don't. I drink occasionally. <laughs> I, 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 I eat my feelings. I like to order a pizza and eat a whole pizza. That's okay. basically how I'm dealing okay. with it sometimes, which is probably not good. I probably should just smoke weed. But yeah, no, I think listen, totally, whatever, totally. whatever is going to get you through yeah. the fucking day. I right. mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know. I don't even know mm-hmm. what to say right now. It's or like where to even begin. I mean, mm-hmm. what? Who are these shelters? Mm-hmm. You know, like what? Sh- I'm like, I want names. I want the names of the shelters. Anything with the city name attached to it. Um, okay, is partaking in this. So, so 
with the exception of a very few, I will say in my experience in the area that I live in California, there are a few shelters that should be model shelters that I wish every shelter were like. And one of them is Pasadena Humane Society. Um, and I also love the Glendale Humane Society is amazing. And then Irvine Animal Care Center, which technically is a city shelter, but they're sitting on about 15 acres of rolling green grass and their kill numbers literally for just the past couple of years is like three animals total. And these were animals that were so critically ill and so beyond quality of life compromised that it was the ethical choice to make. So... Uh, I don't. I so here's the thing. This is what I don't get and what I don't understand. Um, you know, I think that it, it just like everything else, mm-hmm. you know, um, when it just there, I don't, I, I honestly, I, I don't know where to begin because I'm right. also then thinking of, you know, the, I feel like it should be mandatory that, Every single um, apartment that you rent or every house that you rent mm-hmm. um, should be pet friendly. Absolutely. Um, That's actually the number one excuse for actually next to we can't afford it is always I'm moving. And, and, and with that too, I also, here's, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. I tag along. <laughs> Don't you dare. You little shit. Tag. You Let's little shit. Um, Tagalong is, is biting, um, hero's foot right now. It's so cute. Um, that, well, the people that say that, well, I'm moving, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, Mm -hmm. I, I don't care how long it takes me to find an apartment, Mm -hmm. you know, I, Mm -hmm. because it's not an option for me. Right. Like it's, and right for me, like, Mm -hmm. Having dogs like saved my fucking life. Right. And also because I have a very personal, you know, like connection, <laughs> like, but in such a deep way, like mm-hmm. I was essentially, I was disposed of, mm-hmm. you know, like I was mm-hmm. left, you know, it wasn't like it, literally like I was left and my birth mm-hmm. mom said, I don't want her anymore. And she just left. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like, oh no, like I really want her, but it was, I don't want her anymore. And she just left. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so I look at animals, cats, dogs, just mm-hmm. where, and I feel like, you know, individuals do this also like with children as well, where mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, they're this like cute commodity. They're this, they're that, like it's the mm-hmm. new hot thing. And then when they get sick and tired of them, you know, or they're moving on to the next thing, it's, it's such a disregard mm-hmm. for life. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every single person that gives up their animal, mm-hmm. um, should be put on a registry. Right. And they should not be allowed to get another dog. Right. Um, as long as they live, I agree. Like that is mm-hmm. my personal feeling. Right. And that also begs the question. I don't know what the laws are here. Right. In regards to, um, animal cruelty. 
it's it's tough. They're basically I I see a lot every day on social media about like animal cruelty and animal abandonment. Every type of veterinary hospital, shelter, public place you go, you'll see a sign that basically says law prohibits you abandoning your animal, blah blah blah. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is you can walk into a shelter and this is a very shockingly common thing is somebody in the dog Tiki's case that my husband really wanted to take the 15 year old. He came in as a stray. Um, he was seen on and captured on video being dumped on the side of the road, uh, which there they legally can't go after the owners for it. And here's what really shocked me is he had a microchip with the owner's information. They adopted this dog in particular Tiki. 14 years ago at the same shelter. So the shelter called them to say, hey, we got your dog in as a stray. Do you want him? No, we're good. But we saw online that you guys are having like a puppy event this week. We're going to come in and get a puppy. So I looked at the woman at this particular shelter and I said, you guys would literally let these people take a dog. And she goes, there's no law that says that we can't. But just because there is a law that says that they can't doesn't mean. Right. Because isn't there something to be said about um, if mm-hmm. you see somebody that looks like fucking Jeffrey Dahmer right. coming in a fucking local shelter, right? You know that is sketchy as fuck, right? Um, and they want to adopt a dog. Like, isn't there a vetting process? Isn't there? None. Aren't there standards? There's no standards. They literally need your photo ID to make sure that you're saying who you are. You literally write down your address. And then they say, okay, you can, you pay the fees and you literally get whatever dog you want. And there's no particular process. This is with city shelters. Now, when you go into the, the nicer shelters, like yeah. the Irvine animal care yeah. centers or through foundations, like the one that I work with the most Vanderpump dogs foundations, we not only basically back tra- background, check the fuck out of people. We're going to go into your home. We're mm-hmm. going to check out your home. We're going to vibe out your personality. Yeah. Yeah. We literally look into everything because we just want to ensure that this dog is going into one home and is never going to have to leave. Of course, there's always a cushion of if it's not a good fit or something happens where you're feeling overwhelmed by the dog and you just don't want him, we want to take him back and make sure he gets put into a good home. Versus a city shelter, you literally just, they want the money and you can have the dog and they literally could care less what happens to the dog after it leaves. It's a basically, it's out of sight, out of mind. There's no follow-up. There's nothing. So, so... I mean, this is this falls under um, Mayor Eric Garcetti's mm-hmm. jurisdiction, correct? Right. Yes, absolutely. Um, so what is he doing? Nothing. All right. Literally, there's been zero. Nothing. Literally, um, he's doing nothing. So listen, if you guys, if, if you guys love animals as much as me, and you live in Los Angeles, um, you know, and are as political as me, and I know that like we're calling our fucking reps for like our own fucking health care. Mm-hmm. You know, and that like 22 million people like might be without it, like myself included, you know, and like, it's there's this great um, fucking quote that was by uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, um, who I know is like an asshat in his own right. You know, however, just talking about that. You have to remember that um, it's not about, like, dogs, animals, like, versus humans, you know, and what needs are more important, you know, because when you, it really is getting to go to the source, which is someone like a fucking, like, Mayor Garcetti, 
mm-hmm. you know, that um, these animals deserve um, the same treatment, mm-hmm. you know, um, as a child. Right. Like, really, as a child, mm-hmm. they're absolutely, absolutely helpless. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does make me think, and I've thought about this for a long time, you know, like, if we if we treated children the same way that we treated animals, you know, in mm-hmm. regards to like keeping them in little cages, mm-hmm. like because their parents have given them up and right. like, you know, if they're unfit for rehabilitation, mm-hmm. they get euthanized. Right. You know, would people be up in arms? No way. They would lose their shit. Oh, completely. You know, it's a different ball game. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like what is the difference? Well, like, animals like aren't humans they like to which I say you know like you don't know shit unless like you've adopted a dog mm-hmm. you know like if it wasn't for Henry Henry mm-hmm. the only reason like I didn't commit suicide in 2009 was because of Henry mm-hmm. I didn't think about my you know, partner that I was with at the time. I didn't think about my family. I Mm -hmm. didn't think about my friends. I didn't think about fuck up. The only thing that came into my mind was who's going to take care of Henry. Mm -hmm. Like he was like my, like he was my sole connection. Mm -hmm. S O L E and S O U L. Mm -hmm. Um, and he literally saved my life Mm -hmm. and it, it goes back to, I think that you, if you want to understand, um, someone's humanity, you see how they treat an animal. hundred percent. Um, and mm-hmm. so it sounds to me like Mayor Eric Garcetti is quite inhumane. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And even if you're not available to take the time it takes to get your voice heard on a city level, just making yourself available to a local rescue, a local shelter, uh, local network or any way possible, just offering your help and your support is potentially what gets them through their day. If it wasn't for the support of my friends and my family and my husband, I'm, I'm not religious, but God bless him for letting me have the amount of animals I do in my house any given time. If it wasn't for his support, I would feel completely helpless. Like yeah. I wouldn't, it's just a problem that we can't keep up with. And without the community's help, we're fucked. So, and I, I guess, you know, and this is like a conversation for a later date. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, let's strategize like seriously, right. like what the fuck can be done to wake people up mm-hmm. to get them to change, especially at like a local government level. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I don't know any, any um, candidate, any local politician that I've ever heard speak about animal rights in mm-hmm. any way, shape, or form. And here's the deal. I eat meat. I'm mm-hmm. not a vegan. Mm-hmm. I hate PETA. Right. I think PETA can suck it. <laughs> I agree. And I am a vegan animal rescuer. I literally loathe PETA. I don't like the tactics that they use. I don't like the shaming of other what other people's decide to and do. And on top of that, the fact that they have the bullshit out about the fucking pit bulls. Yeah. That, um, and they've been responsible for the deaths of thousands and thousands of shelter animals. There was back in San Bernardino, God, maybe like, I think it was about five, six years ago, they set free the entire population because they think dogs shouldn't be owned. And, and this isn't to say everybody associated with the organization feels that way, but just putting that out there is just terrifying 
It was an it was a hardcore PETA supporter. Him and his, a group of his friends who called themselves animal rescuers basically broke into this local animal shelter and, and freed some of the animals. And this isn't something that just ha- is happening here. It's happening all over. Um. So I'm just I'm just pulling this up mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So um. So PETA was joining up with a group that mm-hmm. was advocating. Um, the ban of all pit bulls. I'm seeing this on the Huffington Post. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and again, I am a, a really big um, lover of pit bulls. Ban you know? the deed, not the breed. Yes. 100%. Yeah. I have been bit professionally by more golden retrievers, shih tzus, and chihuahuas that I ever had been by a pit in my life. And I've been bit by zero pit bulls. Like these dogs will come in through the emergency room that I'm working at and I can place an IV catheter and take blood without any type of restraining help whatsoever. They will just let me help them every single, not to say that they're all going to be like that, but a majority of them are just so naturally sweet and they are 1000% taught to be aggressive and taught just like any other breed, their brain and their neurology and their, the way that they think, the way that they kind of show their behavior is no different from a golden retriever or a yellow lab that are quote unquote America's family dogs. There's literally no difference. Yeah. And here's that it's, it's so fucking disgusting. It's so disgusting that, um, you know, PETA supports a ban on breeding pit bulls and pit bull mixes as well as strict regulations on their care including a ban on chaining them well obviously like no mm-hmm. dog should be fucking chained i do know that there is a lot of organizations that are trying to outlaw the and, and make it like a law that all pit bulls be spayed and neutered and it's not for the worry of being more having more aggressive dogs in the world it's literally pit bulls across the united states are the most populated in shelters in the number one breed killed in shelters, not just in Los Angeles County, but across the United States. Like I, I think last year that the total number was over 6 million pits alone were killed. That was the exact number of total of small dogs killed. Yeah. So it's a problem. They're just way overpopulated. They're way overbred. And, and I, I back the support of all dogs, regardless of breed, need to be spayed and neutered and not allowed to procreate until we have no more overpopulation problem in the shelter. There's no need for more. I feel like we should do that with human beings in this regard. Yes. You know, I feel like Uh if I feel like you should be vetted as a human being Mm -hmm. before you're allowed to have a child. Yep. A thousand Um, percent. Mm -hmm. Like absolutely fucking (laughs) vetted. Um, cause there's over, there's over half a million children in foster care right now. Um, you know, and it's, it's atrocious and disgusting to see Mm -hmm. what goes on within the foster care system. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do draw the comparison. Mm -hmm. I do. Um, I, I, I see it Mm -hmm. very, very, very fucking clearly. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you have a child that like is in foster, is in foster care, you know, I had my own fucking experience with it growing up mm-hmm. with other foster kids, um, you know, where they would stay and then they would have to go because they had quote unquote behavioral issues, you know, but here's the deal, you know, one in four children that is in the foster care system is going to develop PTSD, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, 
I am a survivor and working through PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for like a litany of reasons, but most mm-hmm. of it comes from, you know, childhood sex trauma. Mm-hmm. However, you know, we're so, we're so quick to, um, dismiss getting to know, um, mm-hmm. a person period, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we're so quick to dismiss getting to know an animal period. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just fucking breaks my goddamn heart. People just don't think beyond what they see. They don't think about what the history is, where the human or the animal in particular may have been, where they're coming from. There's no understanding of that. It's just, oh, that person, she's a bitch. Or, oh, this dog is looking like he's going to bite. Kill it. Or I'm not going to deal with her. Instead of like looking, well, maybe this person's having a bad day. Or maybe this dog had a really shitty experience before it came here. Yeah. There's no, like, especially in city shelters, they're not giving any of that sort of kind of decompression time. Yeah. Or understanding. They're literally just deeming a dog aggressive and now it's out there and now the chances of him being adopted or rescued are slim to none. And going in as a rescue, especially even working with a 501c3 nonprofit certified by the IRS foundation, they don't make it easy to go in as a rescue. You have to pass all of this crazy, crazy requirements instead of just allowing us to take the dog, knowing that we're trying to do good. They require us to not only still continue to pay fees for the dogs, regardless if the dog is going to die, we're still paying fees anywhere from about 50 to $200 for a dog that's a problem that they'd rather kill. They're also requiring like of new rescues to get like 30 letters of recommendations. We need to see bank statements. We need to see that you're doing what you're actually doing, which is like, why do you fucking care? You're just going to kill the dog. So to like take it back to the story about TK was able to go get to the city, get them to at least just approve letting me take the dog. I had to sign a huge stack of waivers saying that if this dog bites me, I'm not going to sue the city. If this dog bites me, I'm not going to sue the, it was all just about, they were worried about their own liability instead of being like, Oh my God, you're amazing for wanting to take this dog. Not one person during my whole 45 minute process of taking a problem dog away from them said, thank you for taking him regardless of how they was. He, they were just like, Oh, he's awful. You, he's like really bad. You, and he ends up, I mean, he's got a little bit of an aggressive nature because he's very protective of my husband. Like that's his human. And I just understand that there, there must've been a female or a human at some point that really let him down. So it's something that I get bit maybe two to three times a day, but I'm sitting on the floor. And even after he bites me, I'm still going to pet him. I'm trying to show him that not all humans are pieces of shit. And I feel like it's like that with humans. We can't just look at somebody and say, fuck this person. She's a bitch or she's weird. I always try to see past that. Like there's gotta be a reason why they're being like this. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and I would say like, you know, for me, the only difference is, you know, um, especially in the, political climate that mm-hmm. we're in today where I don't fuck with racists. Mm-hmm. I don't fuck with homophobes. I don't right. fuck with xenophobes. I don't mm-hmm. fuck with, you know, any kind of discrimination in that way, yeah. you know, nor do I actually care to understand. Right. Yeah. Um, is no understanding but, hate. It's there, all there's hate. no understanding mm-hmm. hate. And I, and if I'm being completely a hundred percent honest, mm-hmm. You know, the basis for how I live my life is that I'm making a decision out of love or I'm making a decision out of fear. Right. You know, and uh, 
And I, I guess I've just gotten to this point in my life where it's like, I'm going to take care of mine, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. uh, like you get to be on your fucking journey and mm-hmm. I'm not going to fuck with that. Right. Um, and I do feel that like part of my purpose is to get to be a voice for the voiceless mm-hmm. um, and, you know, allow and enable, I don't even want to say allow and enable, but be able to provide opportunity mm-hmm. um, for voices to be heard, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is why I pretty much do everything I do. Um, mm-hmm. But especially for kids and especially mm-hmm. for animals, you know, which is, again, like why I wanted to have you on because mm-hmm. I think it's so fucking important. It would be really cool to see if there's a need to maybe mesh the worlds together, bring the foster children, the foster homes and the dogs in need and see if there's some sort of program that can be oh created around God. that. How huge that would be. Just te- you therapy. Do you, do you know mm-hmm. how that is? Probably one of the mm-hmm. greatest things I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know that every single thing happens exactly as it's meant to, as mm-hmm. I say on here all the fucking time. And I'm just speaking in regards to my life and my mm-hmm. experience, you know, um, but how different my life would have been if I had an animal growing up. Right. Like how different, mm-hmm. like how different. Um, cause I'll let you know, you know, and Henry again was like my first dog. And the first night that he came to my house, you know, he was in one corner, I was in the other and we were looking at each other like, who the fuck are you? You know? Mm-hmm. And he had severe, um, separation anxiety. Aww. Oh, and this is the other thing that I want to say too. You know, I also am very, very aware that having a dog is like having a loaded gun in regards mm-hmm. to being responsible. So right. Nenea, for example, you know, when I say sit, she sits. When I say come, she comes. Right. You know, she she knows her shit because I know that at the end of the day, yes, I love you. She's oh, looking at me with those soul eyes. Um, at the end of the day, I am 100% responsible. Right. You know, for her and mm-hmm. how she's raised. Right. And getting to respect her boundaries, you know, and whatnot. And she's mm-hmm. very independent and loves to be with self and is quiet and ba 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 ba. You know, but I also know that she's not pulling me on a leash. Mm-hmm. You know, like. She has that respect. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm the one that's. Mm-hmm. In fucking charge. If it were a different owner, it could have been completely different. Completely fucking mm-hmm. different. It's so situational and environmental, a thousand percent. You know, so mm-hmm. I, so I feel like, you know, owners of animals that are mm-hmm. so incredibly irresponsible, in right. in a variety of rates. I just the other day, there was some big, huge dog that was not on a leash mm-hmm. walking down the street that Ugh. was not neutered. Uh, and this fucking dick and it, the dog came up to Nenea and tag along and this dog was like fucking huge mm-hmm. and Nenea does not like like no woman likes getting raped no person yeah. likes getting raped yep. but she is really if a dog tries to get on her from behind right. and hump no. no yeah absolutely fucking not mm-hmm. and this dog started like sniffing her 
from behind. Yep. And then they are just, you know, immediately. And I'm like, put your dog on a fucking leash. Yeah, you asshole. fucking idiot. Yep. Um, and he just kind of like snickered like it was like no big deal. This fucking uh. like douchey Buddy Holly glasses wearing fucking idiot motherfucking hipster asshole. Right. Um, yep. And and the dog like looks well fed and like whatever mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. But still like an irresponsibility where it's your dog might do very well off leash. Right. But be responsible. But be responsible. Yep. And when you call your dog two times and they don't come and they're yeah. off leash, it's bad irresponsible owner like yeah so fucking irresponsible mm-hmm. so it's like i like nanea will go off leash when i walk her along the los angeles river mm-hmm. but she stays with me mm-hmm. um and like i have the like a buzzy collar not like a i never use a shock mm-hmm. um but like a vibrational collar that mm-hmm. you know if she starts to get a little and then right. bzz, and she sits and then right. i put the leash back on her right Cause mm-hmm. it's like, you've got to earn the right to be able to be off leash, right. mm-hmm. you know? And in the moments that you got too excited, yep. nope. But, yep. um, so humans so often set their dogs up for just disastrous situations that are a thousand percent the human fault. And the, how your dog acts is a thousand percent a reflection of who you are as a person. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, I, and also like Henry, had um Henry Henry was homeless before he was rescued Henry. and he had gotten hit by a car and when I had rescued him from the ASPCA mm-hmm. they were so anxious to get him out that they forgot that he needed surgery to take oh Jesus yeah shit out of yep. his hips um and he you know had some issues but like with mm-hmm. that too as soon as he started to have those issues it was like okay let's get the help that we need and I'm right. very fucking aware that I'm fucking privileged mm-hmm. to have gotten a dog and I'm privileged to be able to that I was able to afford mm-hmm. to get Henry the right. help that he needed I'm very fucking aware of that like yep. d- don't at me like I'm very fucking aware of that right. um and with that too um I feel as though it's, it's, you don't just like pass the problem on to like someone else. Right. And in this day and age, especially in 2017, like going back to what I had already talked about, there are so many rescues and organizations and ways to get things funded really quickly if you truly cannot afford it. There are so many. I mean, even Vanderpump Dogs Foundation has been known to help the community if there is a desperate, desperate 911 need for a dog that needs surgery or a dog that needs food, any of us would step up in two seconds to help that person in particular get funded, get the dog vetted, get food, get whatever that they need to help them not be financially set off by it. Um, so th- this is my thought on that. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's anybody listening that's like in any kind of politics for Los Angeles County, I feel like legislation needs to be passed that um, it needs to be mandatory that, you know, just like for they had changed the laws, I think, in Texas mm-hmm. where you could um, originally give your children up up mm-hmm. until they were 17 
like literally leave them at a firehouse and be like, bye. And they changed it to you have um, a few months or like something. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So I feel like there needs to be a new implementation regarding if you say that you are you have to give up your dog because Mm -hmm. you're moving, then the city needs to or you can't afford it. Yeah. The city then needs to be able to say, actually, you can. That needs to be mandatory. Right. That needs to be something that is mandatory and not fucking optional. Right. And in regards to fucking housing, it needs to be fucking mandatory mm-hmm. that every single fucking building in Los Angeles County mm-hmm. um, is dog friendly. Thousand percent. Yep. Like without like fucking like, um, you know, uh, breed laws right oh there's so many especially down in orange county they're so breed specific it is if your dog even looks remotely pitbull it's not gonna happen it's insane to me it's insane like just the other day i got mauled in our community by a little yorkie which i was fine with it but i'm like if this were a pitbull and somebody saw this this dog would get destroyed but because it's a cute little family dog yorkie Mm -hmm. it's totally acceptable i'm like ah it kills me yeah, yeah, I think it's it's um mm-hmm. it, it's so so. I mean, it, or it should necessary. at least just be mandatory that the shelter staff be prepared to educate the community on the other things that can be done aside from just dropping their dog off. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, and so with that, then it's it, the individuals like, you know, if you're working at a job you hate, mm-hmm. you know, and you're getting paid seven, eight, nine, ten dollars an hour, right? You know, I. I can understand in regards to like, fine, I'm going to do the fucking bare minimum because I don't give a fuck because I'm resentful that I'm not getting paid enough Mm -hmm. and I have everything else Mm -hmm. going on um, in my life. Mm -hmm. And if you are one of those people that are listening or if you know somebody that Mm -hmm. is in that situation that has that attitude, A, don't take it out on the fucking animals and the people that are desiring to help. Mm -hmm. You know who you fucking take it out on? You take it out on the fucking city. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. you actually maybe contact the rescues or contact Mm -hmm. individuals. You know, there are avenues, there are resources where it's in regards to like creating change. Right now, the healthcare bill, you know, is stalled until after July 4th, you know, and that's not because, you know duck face motherfucker McConnell dickwad you know and all of the other fucking GOP motherfuckers how to change of heart it's because of we the fucking people Mm -hmm. so in order to create change you know it's advocating for yourself you know um, automatically extends to advocating for others Mm -hmm. you know and that i think that everybody should be getting paid at least $15 a fucking hour, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, at least, and that they talk about like the city not having like enough resources and blah, 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 blah. You know what? I suggest that you take some away from like the LAPD. Right. You know, why don't we sell some of that fucking military grade equipment? Right. You know, and also if we didn't have to fucking settle so many goddamn lawsuits, with the fucking city over police fucking killings of Mm -hmm. unarmed fucking people of color. Right. Then maybe we could actually afford to, um, house the homeless 
create and, change mm-hmm. and really fucking create change. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I'm going to get shit for what I just said, but I don't really fucking care. Because totally. Like that, it is what it is. It yep. is what it is. And mm-hmm. it is the fucking truth. I mean, and just to give everybody out there a good idea of just how fucking skewed, especially L.A. law is. For example, about a month ago, there, there was all over the Internet a picture and an address of a German shepherd who was laying laterally in somebody's front lawn in Compton with its basically skin sloughing off of its entire side with bed sores, unmobile, not eating, not drinking. And the plea from the surrounding community was, we have called Los Angeles police a hundred times and they will not let somebody come out to check on this house. They're like, it's whatever. It's a dog. It's fine. It's just a dog is what was told to one woman. It's just a dog. We have a whole laundry list of other things we're trying to deal with in LA. It's two o'clock in the morning. We're not coming out for this dog to which I got the calls. And luckily with our small community of just rescue networking, we were able to get not only the dog rescued within 15 minutes, but the dog hospitalized and in surgery versus where if I'm in a city shelter parking lot and, and my husband can attest to this, this has happened many times. I will be in the parking lot and talking to people that are coming up to drop their dog off. And I will be threatened with being arrested for taking away quote unquote business from the city shelter. Not only have police approached me on site because they have police guys in security about not educating the public. I have literally been threatened with handcuffs and almost thrown in the back of a sheriff's car because I am taking away from their business. When I was either number one, trying to get them to drive three more minutes away to a local rescue that would take the dog or trying to educate them on there are other options. You don't have to do this here's my phone number call me I will get your dog hospitalized or help you find a place that's pet friendly I can help fund you know to make it easier for you to move we can donate dog food well of course they're gonna do that because they're getting fucking kickbacks from right because they're profiting from death. And there was even another, there was one that was even more recently where I got a phone call from the Orange County Sheriff Department of, we saw you on video take a dog off our property. Basically, there was a woman in line with this really sweet pit bull. And I didn't physically take the dog myself. I told the woman, meet me in the parking lot across the street. I will take your dog to rescue. So the dog didn't physically come in my car. I left the parking lot, but because they saw her follow me out, they were like, we could have you arrested and sued. And I'm like, forgetting a dog to safety, like you guys would want to kill the dog anyways. Long story short, the dog made it to rescue, thank goodness. But they were literally like, you're not allowed on property anymore, and we will have you arrested for doing that. For literally doing the right thing, I could be arrested. It kills me. It, like... I I feel like I feel like we we need to end on this note. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like we need to end on this note and I'm definitely going to have you fucking back. I like want to like go on site mm-hmm. actually like and go to love like the that. Vanderpump rescue Let's and do like it. talk We'd with love more to individuals. Have you. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so guys, like here's the deal. If you live in Los Angeles, actually I don't care where the fuck you live. I don't care where the fuck you live. You know, find out the laws, find out information, like follow fucking Kelly um, Mm -hmm. on Instagram, follow her on Facebook, follow her on Twitter, Mm -hmm. um, you know, give out your, give out your stuff right now. It's uh, my Instagram is at SB Kelly. Um, I also encourage you guys to look at, uh, at Vanderpump dogs 
and at rock and roll rescue um, are just some good ones to support. And then my Facebook is just Kel K E L Izumine I Z U M I N E. And then you can also click like on the Vanderpump Dogs Foundation on their Facebook as well. And S B Kelly is K E L L I. It's a K. Y. It's S B K E L I one L I. Yes. Sorry. No worries. I up. Um, but like seriously, guys, I know that like. A majority of you that listen to this fucking podcast are really loving, giving, generous, beautiful, sweet fucking souls. Mm -hmm. Um, And 2017, you know, from November 8th until now, we've gotten to see what what we the people can do, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not just enough, I think, to advocate um, for you know, us two-legged creatures, you know, but also getting to advocate um, for those that don't have a voice in every single way, shape, and form. Because I feel like how a country treats its animals, how a country is a reflection of how a country treats its humans. Mm -hmm. And we definitely know how this country treats its humans. um, And we definitely know how this country treats its animals. Mm -hmm. So um, thank you for tuning in do what you fucking can you know um contact the fucking mayor's office like look up like your own fucking local shelters call them out on their bullshit get involved you can make a difference and um you know if you're looking to foster if you're looking to adopt you know again check out Kelly's um Instagram, you know, Vanderpump and also Bark and Bitches where I got Nanea. Uh, Bark and Bitches, on, bitches Fairfax. on Fairfax They're off amazing. Melrose. Um that's where I had rescued Nanea. And so yeah, rescue, adopt, do not shop. Mm-hmm. Um and I hope you all have just a beautiful beautiful rest of your day whatever day it is that you are listening to this and um i'm going to be heading to paris very very soon um so i think that uh yeah the next the next time you hear my voice i don't know if i'll actually be in paris um by that point like we'll fucking see i don't fucking know but you guys are fucking awesome i'm fucking exhausted i need a drink after this one um i fucking love you kelly and thank you so much thank you so much for having me